Party started. This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. Oh, yes. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? That's a scary crew. As far as the product goes. Uh, the voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. It's the FNA Podcast on a Monday. Now, I am not here to get my ass beat on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. I'm Adam Oslin sometimes. Adam. Ashland. He's Kevin Figures always. Kevin Figures. We got a good show for you today on the first show following week one of the NFL football season. I know it's not over tonight. There's two more games because they always do that the first Monday night of the year. Is that correct, Kevin? Every Monday night. uh, Every Monday night to open the season for some reason. I would think if you're on the East Coast and you happen to be a fan of the Raiders or the Rams, which... I mean, there's some out there. I mean, the Raiders, especially our international oh, brand. Raider Nation. Got to stay up till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning to watch a game. Raider Ryan. Doesn't seem to be the Raven most fair Ryan. of the, uh, you know, but I understand, yeah. I guess. East Coast fans a little bit more committed. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know if <laughs> people out here would care enough, you know. that's Or they don't have to start work till 10 a.m. the next day. <laughs> yeah, they, do, they all just take half days because of the NFL season. Yeah, half what day. It is. They get a nap time in there. I don't know if that flies, you know. <laughs> but they do deal with it. Not that I have to have sympathy for the East Coast for anything, but even on the Sunday night games, generally wrap up about, what, 11 o'clock, 11.30-ish, you yeah. know, their time. Pretty in damn late. late night hour. And you see kids in the stands screaming and hollering on Sunday night. Kind of hard to turn in that note to the teacher. It was like, oh, you know what? Little Timmy was sick. It was like, little Timmy was up there cheering his ass off for Aaron Rodgers the other night. So what you talking about? You remember a couple of years ago during uh, March Madness when Oregon made their big run to the Final Four? Of course. And their guys afterwards. Jordan Bell. Were screaming. They're sleeping on the West Coast, man. They're sleeping on us. We had that sound back in the day. I love that sound. That may have been Jordan Bell. I think about it. Mr. <laughs> yeah. Drunk-ass Mr. Hennessy himself at the Golden State Warriors Parade this past year. Who's the other player? Dylan. Oh, who do you get drafted by? I forget. I hate to say life scam, but that's what he is. Yes, he was a second-round <laughs> pick. Dylan Brooks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. Uh, I thought they should have won that game. Didn't they play North Carolina? Yeah. They took that L. You. But it was lose. close. It came down to, I think, missing some free throws or something. All right, I'm sorry. As it always does in the tournament, man. Yeah. Ask uh, Memphis. Sorry to bring that up. <laughs> or, or any John Derek Calipari Rose. team that ever loses. Yeah. It seems like. Achilles heel. Uh, coming up later in today's show. No, his Achilles heel is actually his heel and his foot and his lower extremity just as a whole when it comes to Derrick Rose. His knee. Yeah. Put the man in bubble wrap. He called me Mr. Glass. He's got a new movie coming out. Derrick Rose has a new movie coming out? That's, oh, that's news to me. It's called Mr. Glass. Is it like Thunderstruck? <laughs> like, what up? He called me Mr. Glass. Starring him and Kevin Durant. All right. It's good. <laughs> Still never saw Thunderstruck. I don't think you're missing much. Yeah. Not exactly the follow-up to Space Jam that we were looking forward to. Not that Space Jam. Now that I look at it, that was that great either, considering Michael Jordan. Outside of Bill Murray. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, the only actual actor who was in there. Uh, it was a little. Who's the Newman character? Wasn't he in there too? Wasn't he like the little publicist guy? Hello, Newman. I forget his actual name. Uh, Let her rip. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Ma- Ma- magic should have been in it. It's not Magic Johnson. Magic should have. Uh-uh. You didn't say the magic word. I got Dennis Muggsy. Nedry. Yeah, I got Muggsy Bogues up in there. You can't get Magic Johnson in the face, champ. <laughs> got Sean Bradley in yeah, there. What the hell? Of no all magic people. Magic Johnson. I mean, that tells you they were really scraping the bottom of the end. I mean, look, they got Chuck. 
They got Patrick Ewing. You have to get you have to get Sean Bradley up in there. They had the shortest find. guy and the tallest guy you in the league. Fine, man. All right, yeah. whatever works. And uh, who else? Charles Barkley was in there. Yeah, Barkley was in there. Remember, Barkley lost I'm to that to like that girl. He was he was going one on one with that uh, like thirteen year old girl or whatever on the basketball court. You ain't Charles Barkley. You some wannabe that looks like him. After he lost his power, be gone. Wannabe, <laughs> be gone. You remember that movie much more than I do. I watched it like eighteen million times. I just remember them going to and trying to find Jordan's old North Carolina shorts that he used house. to wear underneath his bull shorts. Right, which was real. Bugs and I forget who went with him. Went to his house. Okay. Basically broke into Michael Jordan's house. There were some Space Jam video games out there, and we do have a video game fact for you coming okay. up later in the show. Here's a fact. I don't know whether you know it. Pertaining not. to? Space Jam? No. Oh. The arcade and how you can bring it home in all of its true form. You can form. actually steal the entire arcade. Yeah. You can go to, we had a place called Sunsplash in Roseville. It mm. was like the mini golf course. And yeah, you can just take that whole thing home. I now. like it. That's some David Copperfield <laughs> stuff right there, man. Just make the whole thing disappear. Yeah. Right into my backyard. Like the spaceship. I like it. <laughs> so we'll talk about that coming up later in the show in your video game Fact of the Week and Geek News. Perfect. Look forward to that. Of course, as Adam mentioned, it is the first Monday after a full slate of Sunday NFL action, which means it is time for our annual I guess weekly, I should say. Well, annual slash week, we do it every single... Whatever. It's the NFL season. It's time for the NFL six-pack, G-damn it. Let's go. Let's go time. Let's run. Our six categories when it comes to the NFL six-pack, our best win, worst loss, our moral victory, moral defeat. <laughs> what in the world? Biggest surprise. And, of course, one of our all-time favorites. Oh, Troy. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God! Epic fail of the week. Mm-hmm. Oh, Troy. Epic yeah. fail of the week. Dedicated to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. He broke the cane that day. That old man <laughs> in front of his wife and his son who recorded it and was no. snickering in the background. The worst is always when you try to, like, when a, a player tries to break a bat over his knee and it doesn't break and you look even, like, more of a jackass. <laughs> That's the worst part. So, oh, he must really be upset and it snaps. It was like, oh, man. And it doesn't break and you keep trying to break it and you can't do it. I feel like Blair Walsh wouldn't be able to break it. Probably not. <laughs> Couldn't do anything right. No. Missing that 20-yard field goal against the Seahawks a couple of years ago in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So, Adam, do you have a uh, best win to kick us off? Best win. You win. Goes to the Browns, who tied. But not losing for them is a win. Might not show up in the standings that way, but I'm sure deep down Hugh Jackson is happy to now be 131-1 and as a head coach. That's his coaching record. And they look like a team that could win maybe five to seven games this year if things break their way. Don't worry, the Bud Light victory fridges will open eventually. Although I did see someone say they should at least get free O'Doul's for a tie, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, so that was pretty good. But you need something stronger when you're uh, kissing your sister, as they say, is what's happening when you tie, unless your sister's Margot Robbie, and then maybe you do a little bit more than kissing. But I, you know, Browns fans, they got nothing else to do in Cleveland anyways. I'm sure they've resorted to sucking face with their siblings at some point anyways. Uh, so, yeah, a tie at least means uh, the production has stalled in terms of the factory of sadness that is Cleveland for a week. They haven't won a game in 625 days, but they are guaranteed to not go 0-16 this season now. I guarantee it. Unless there's something in the rules about getting an extra loss if your quarterback goes 15 for 40, which Ty Rod Taylor did. Ty, interesting. <laughs> he completed just 37% right. of his passes. I believe it's Tarod. Well, I'd like to say Ty now. Okay. <laughs> 
You know, he's not a quarterback that's going to lose the game for you or win the game for you. He's just going to tie he's the game there. for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that passing percentage was so bad, I had to look up what Tim Tebow's worst passing percentages were. He had worse than 37%, but he only did it twice uh, in terms of, well, whenever he at least attempted 10 passes. How often was that? It was more often than not. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter is where Tebow time happened, and he had that great quarterback rating. But I'm just saying, Tyrod Taylor was so bad, he was in Tebow territory for his accuracy. Give me a shot. I'll get it in for you. You know what I'm saying? problem for the Browns is they aren't winning next week either. They're not even tying because they're going to New Orleans to play the Saints, a team that's hungrier than a San Antonio woman on a one-hour fast. Those big old women down the center. <laughs> After they lost yesterday. Week three, though, the Browns do get the New York Jets at home, and that's a game I could see them uh, opening those Bud Light victory fridges afterwards. And I'm no beer snob. I drink them. Not that big of a deal just because it tastes a little bit like water. A little bit. Might as well drink Arrowhead, brother. (laughs) Did you see that stat on the ticker at the bottom of the screen during Sunday Night Football that said, this is the Browns' best start since 2004? Uh, Some snarky a-hole in the the NBC production truck. Being 0-0-1 is their best start. December of 2016 was the last time they notched a victory. I know you said they'll be popping the old duels. I actually got them to pop the champagne, man. This is a big, big deal for them. They are not going to go 0-16 like you mentioned Hugh Jackson now raises his record to 131 and 1. All right? That's a big deal. That's yeah. not a loss. Hugh Jack. Not, yes. A tie is not a loss. Now, Booty face. I'll give him this too uh, on a semi serious tip. You know, the score for Tyrod Taylor for, or Tyrod Taylor. I won't, I won't, I won't steal the, the Tyrod. I'll give him the Tyrod Taylor. Um, Played decently in the fourth quarter and led them to a 14 nothing comeback, and they damn near could have won the game if it wasn't for a block in the back that would have had them uh, near the goal line for a chip shot field goal at the end in overtime. Uh, they had a block in the back, backed them up by then T.J. Watt, who had the game of his life, ends up blocking the kick. Four sacks? Uh, and, uh, yeah, four sacks in the game. Oof. And um, and that ends up ending it for him. So I'd say it's a it's a moral – that was my moral victory. It was okay. for the Cleveland Browns, who uh, tie the Steelers at 21-all. They won't go on 16, as you mentioned, in that defense. And, look, I know it's always weird when you deal with uh, games with inclement weather. Um, I know Roethlisberger threw for a lot of yards, but he turned the ball over five times. Denzel Ward had two of those interceptions. The Browns' defense at least – at least looks like it's like it's uh, pretty real this year. They were plus six in the turnover battle, and they still tied. <laughs> That's not a good sign, I guess. But, yeah, it probably fits better in a moral victory. But, hey, a tie is a win for the Browns. Tie should go to the Browns. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, right. My best win goes to the NFL as a whole. You win. Because a lot of hearts stopped last night in the second quarter when uh, Aaron Rodgers went down with a knee injury and got carted off of the field. Look, the NFL is fine. Uh, we've talked about it on the show how the, the drop in ratings is overblown. Drops in ratings are happening all over the place. The popularity of the NFL is, and especially with gambling being legalized, going to be in, end up being fine in the long run. Oh, yeah. But just as a fan who loves to watch the game and loves to watch the sport, and Chris Collinsworth brought this up last night when Aaron Rodgers was being carted off the field, he was like, even Bears fans, fans of the opposing team, are disappointed when you see possibly the greatest quarterback in the history of the sport get carted off and possibly miss the entire season after only playing a little less than half of the season last year I went when, he got, when he got injured. So the NFL won in more ways than one because last night, the second half, was an epic comeback uh, by Aaron Rodgers. He came back. He says he's going to continue to play. You hope it doesn't happen the remainder of the season because, I mean, he was peg-legging it out there for the entire second half. And still looked effective against the Bears defense that was just avalanching on him, especially in the first half. And he was the best quarterback and, ever. 
I mean, it's unbelievable to go to, to lose his mobility, which is one of his greatest assets, and still be able to go out there and make plays. And granted, they made adjustments and they started double teaming Khalil Mack finally in the second half. And I'll get to Mack a little bit later on. Uh, but just spectacular play by one of the great players in the history of the sport. I'm glad that he was able to come back and be able to play. And not just play, but play at a high level and lead them to a comeback victory. I don't know if it's quite the Willis Reed. I mean, that was in the NBA Finals, and he only scored four points. It was more of an emotional lift yeah. when it comes to that. I mean, this is act- this is more in line with like Donovan McNabb, you know, playing on a broken ankle sure. when he wasn't that great of a passer and lit up the Cardinals. At some know, point, or Jack Youngblood playing with a broken leg. I did think it was a little bit overplayed by Collinsworth, who I love, and Al Michaels, only because I get it. They're selling the game. They're trying to get you to stick around because they could come back, and they did. And they did. It was compelling enough of its own. They were down 23 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Now, I wasn't that surprised that they could come back because once you talk about emotional lift, he came back in there. Their defense started playing much better. I think they're going to be much improved this season. But this happened back in, was it 2014? The second year where Seattle went back to the Super Bowl, lost by not running the ball with Marshawn Lynch against the Patriots. They played the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship that year, and Rodgers was hampered the entire year where he had that calf injury going on. He was hurt, but he was still effective. Should have won that game. For one for the special yeah. teams fumbling the ball away. I think Seattle came back down 15. They did. All right, because we talked about this on the show. I turned the game off. I was at my, my I was Ooh. hanging out with the family. I was watching the game, and at that point, I think they were up 15. With like, I think it was less than two minutes left or something crazy, or maybe at the two-minute warning. I turned it off. I left the room. I turned the TV back on just to catch some post-game interviews, and I see they're getting ready to start overtime. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Russell Wilson was crying afterwards. Yeah, it was like, it's like, what the hell did I miss? What the hell's going on? Another sound bite Petros and Money stole from us. Like, <laughs> Just for a day. <laughs> so, uh, right. my, so my best win goes to, sure, the Packers for getting that comeback victory, which is huge at home against a division opponent that should be pr- improved with the addition of Mac. But the NFL as a whole, considering probably the best player in the league, is going to continue to play and does not have yeah. a season-ending injury in the first half of the first game. Well said. I couldn't go without A-Rodge for the second year in a row. Even though they did trade away, uh, who was it, UCLA, Brett Hundley. Yeah. And now Deshaun, for Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser. Yeah, can you imagine having to watch that? You had to watch that for an entire season? We, we may have to watch it for a week or so. <laughs> Who knows? I hope not. Yeah. Uh, okay, worst loss for me. You lose. Is still the Saints losing on that last second Stephon Diggs touchdown from last year in the playoffs because that was their chance. They had a good enough team to win it all last year, and like a bad car wash, they missed their window. They go into this season as one of the favorites to make it out of the NFC, and instead they lose a game when they're favored by 10 at home to a homeless man named Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Amish rifle was churning that butter all over the field, which had Saints defenders slipping on it. Plus, the Amish rifle pooped on the Saints defense with his horse and buggy. Consider this. The Buccaneers had two plays of 50-plus yards. Both were touchdowns in this game yesterday. When they had just two plays of 50-plus yards all of last season. I saw that. That's pretty unfathomable considering the kind of playmakers they have on that roster. Deshaun Jackson, who scored a couple of times. Mike Evans, who scored once, too. And on the other side, the Saints defense only allowed one play of 50-plus yards all of last season. They allowed two in yesterday's game. And it was Fitz. Patrick, who was giving the Saints fits all game long, stacked up 417 yards passing and four touchdowns. And Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson 
Action Jackson, they both combined for almost 300 yards receiving. They treated the Saints' defense like the sinners they are with their Bounty Gate Super Bowl. And get this, the Saints have now lost five straight season openers. And in those games, the opposing quarterback... Uh, has averaged 367 yards passing while throwing 14 touchdown passes to zero interceptions. In openers, the Saints are getting a can open on them by the opposition. So why couldn't the Panthers play them in week one last year? <laughs> they might have beat them, actually. Uh, now the Bucks still have the Eagles and Steelers before Jameis Winston comes back after touching an Uber driver inappropriately. Do you want Jameis Winston back after Colonel Fitzpatrick and his uh, Southern Begray down there uh, roughed up the Saints, <laughs> won the Battle of the South? He's faked. He's imitated being a competent starting quarterback before. Many times before. He gets before. hot. He got a big contract with the Buffalo Bills, and then everything went downhill from there. But he had a big year with the Jets a few years ago. Well, that's kind of what got them to the playoffs. That's what makes him the prototypical perfect backup quarterback. If they start 2-1, and one, do you keep Fitzpatrick out there? Even though Jameis Winston is in that contract year, and you kind of have to figure out what he can do for your team, and he's the young quarterback. That's what makes it hard to swallow. This guy was the first overall pick in the draft. I don't know at this point in time if you have so much invested in him, even though he's a knucklehead, and he's been so up and down yeah. his first couple of years, you can't bench him. That's the tough part. Now, yeah. if you're undefeated, I think that makes it a little bit more difficult. You or, have a loss or two, then I think that makes the decision a lot easier. And even if you are undefeated, you probably still got to put him back in there. I could see if Jameis comes back, struggles for two games, yes. then they make the move back to Fitzpatrick. I can absolutely see that. And I am also in tune with you, not with last season being the worst loss, although it was pretty bad. Uh, this, yeah, this being opening day at home for a Saints defense that improved and played so well last year to get absolutely lit up again at home against the Bucks and a backup quarterback. I mean, and Drew Brees, by the way, was amazing, especially in the second half. He did his thing. Yeah. He lit him up. Their offense is never an issue. Uh, it was I, I it was hard to explain. Marshawn Lattimore was like, well, maybe this is just a punch in the mouth that we needed. It's like, all right, if it, makes you, if it makes you feel better and you think you can recover from it, the problem is you can't give games away, especially home games and especially home games in division. Yeah. This is a game that can come back and bite you later on the season if you're in a fight. Maybe not with the Bucks, but maybe you're in a fight with Carolina or you're in a fight with Atlanta and your division record might end up mattering at the end of the season, and your home record might end up mattering too. This Especially is not a game that the, you can end up giving away. If the Bucks are in the mix now, if they're better than we expected, I thought they were probably a six-win team. At best, I thought at there were seven wins. Exactly. So now, yeah, with the Carolina Panthers winning, now the Falcons did lose to the Eagles on Thursday night, but we expect them to be good. It was a very competitive division last year that got three teams into the playoffs. Yeah, like you said, you can't afford to give games away, but they do have the Browns coming into New Orleans next week. I don't know. Your guy Ty Rod Taylor, or my guy Ty Rod Taylor, comes in, and who knows? Maybe that defense roughs him up a little bit. Yeah. Then you start then start panic time if the Browns come in and play well. And and even if, they have, if it's a close win, I know people say a win is a win. We don't subscribe to that theory on this show, no. especially if you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations like the Saints do. Okay. That would be a problem. What do you got next? Your moral victory was for the Browns. Correct. I'll go with my moral victory here. You win. Yes, Jimmy G finally has a blemish, not on his face, but on his quarterback record. But Knew the 49ers might have been playing the best team in the NFC yesterday on the road in a tough environment. It was snowing. There was a Viking ship on the field blocking some of Jimmy's throws with the oars. I'm pretty sure it wasn't snowing. No, 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 no. I, I could have sworn. Early, Do know, they have a dome now? September. <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty sure they All I'm saying is those three interceptions were not his fault. Oh, we can't stop.
His receivers need to make plays and learn to grow longer arms and faster legs. Ethan Hawke did it in Gattaca. Dan Fouts used to shame his receivers for drops and bad routes by saying this, quote, it was a touchdown when it left my hand. <laughs> now Jimmy knows it's that the, same frustration. It's so funny. He was on the pregame with uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Matt yesterday before the Charger Chief game and said the exact same thing. None of my interceptions were ever my fault. <laughs> I told Kellen. I said, Kellen. Kellen, it was an out and up, not an out and in. You screwed me over. Kellen Winslow. Senior. Yeah, exactly. He was t- tongue-in-cheek, obviously. I did really think Jimmy G was a warrior in the pocket, though, considering he took the kind of pounding back there only his porn star friends could relate to. It was like the 49ers offensive line were a bunch of Rudy Giuliani's who claimed they never looked at porn before and they just didn't approve of Jimmy's lifestyle, so they let the Vikings D-line penetrate at will. The irony. I'd be encouraged, though, if I'm a Niners fan because the important thing to remember is Jimmy Too Pretty didn't lose any of his good looks. Even with the punishment he received thanks to his prudish O-line. So you get getting torn up by Anthony Barr, you might. <laughs> the 49ers lost a game to probably the best defense still in the league as they were last season. I don't know. And they were right there, by the way. They came back yeah. from a deficit in the fourth quarter and were right there. And he, and by the way, your guy, Jimmy Too Pretty, I, I hope you were joking when you said he had perfect passes and that the players need longer arms because he overthrew a tight end in the back of the end zone that would have tied the game. It was a little high. Yeah, a little high. The late, great Dwight Clark may have been able to get it. Well, nobody's jumping higher than that. Brent Jones may have been yeah, able to get it even. school Brent Jones, yeah. <laughs> I did see this from Where's our John friend? Taylor when you need him? Who's our friend Ryan that works the board at Fox Sports sometimes? Big Ryan. The one, Big they Ryan. Call, the one they call Papa Bear now. Where that started, I don't know. Yeah, that's his name on Twitter or at Ryan McBain. He said this, just like I said all along on Twitter. Jimmy Garoppolo is Matt Castle 2.0. <laughs> Teams have already begun to figure him out. He's a system quarterback that is starting to be exposed. Don't at me. Why would you even... When it comes to anything 49er related, don't even listen to Ryan. Why is he a 49er hater? He's a, he's a Raider fan. So oh. he, and he's from the Bay Area. So those those you know rivalries, though that hatred runs deep. Me, I can give it to about the 49ers. I was an LA Raider fan. So. I think there were encouraging signs. Their defense looks improved this year. Sure. They're going to win a lot of games. Maybe eight. But still, that's a lot more than they won last year. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> I think I think eight. I think eight to nine wins is probably their ceiling. Okay. How about um, this? Their future. Is bright, I think, still, because Kyle Shanahan is going to be a very good head coach, and I still believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he has been turning the ball over too much, even going back to last season. He threw more interceptions in that game last year than he had in any 49er start that he had, or in this game this past Sunday, than he had in any 49er start last year. But again, it's early, and it was against one of the best defenses in the entire, not the NFC, but the entire league. We're in the game. So maybe you get a little bit of a mulligan on that, but uh, as far as having a great season, I think the, I don't think they're going to have that great every year personally. I think they're kind of overhyped. That's just my opinion. We'll let, we'll let it play out I and we'll eight, see. eight wins is reasonable. I think eight wins is their ceiling. I think they're okay. probably going to fall somewhere between somewhere between five to five to seven. Oh, I like that. You um, lose. But we'll see. Uh, what's next? Are How about I go fan? with the uh, biggest surprise? I have no hate whatsoever <laughs> for the 49ers. I, I could care less, to be honest with you. My biggest surprise might be a surprise for many. Surprise, motherfucker. Because they're two pretty average teams when it comes to the NFC. I actually have pretty decent expectations for the Arizona Cardinals and their starting quarterback, Sam Bradford, and his floppy sleeves. Uh, but he did not 
have the greatest start against a Redskins defense that can be pretty shaky at times, to be honest, and against at home for an Arizona Cardinal team that added Adrian Peterson, who looked good outside of the fumble. You know, it's like you can't have a – can Adrian Peterson ever have one great play without screwing it up at the end? I mean, he had 90 yards, but just a 3.7 96. yards average. Doesn't have the explosiveness, obviously. <laughs> uh, I think overall he looked pretty good. Forgot he, he got he 26 carries at 33 years old and missed an entire season. We had the over-under at 600 yards for the season. <laughs> he might hit it if he can stay healthy. Exactly. You know? so, I mean, it's all about the health. That's encouraging. What's not encouraging is a Cardinal defense, which I thought would make some strides this year after having some injuries last season i thought they'd step up and and really make some plays and be able to to get this victory against washington at home and then alex smith doing what he does mr efficiency carved him up left and right they scored 21 consecutive points and they had drives of 80 yards 73 yards and 92 yards in the first half to get those 21 points against that cardinal defense that's the biggest surprise to me it's not that washington won i say this all the time when it comes to this category it is how they won in Arizona against a defense I thought was going to take a step forward and be one of the top, possibly top five defenses in this league. They were pretty good last year. Yeah. And they had some injuries last year, too. Mm-hmm. And you get Deion Buchanan back healthy. You get Chandler Jones, who had some injury issues last year, back healthy. I know they lost the Honey Badger, uh, but this is a unit that people expected to be good. And okay. um, hey, look, it could just be off to a slow start. The offense, especially the quarterback play, does not help. But I was very surprised that the uh, Redskins were able to carve up the Cardinal defense in Arizona that badly. All right, I'll stick with the biggest surprise of the week. Theme. Surprise, motherfucker. My biggest surprise was that the team in this game that didn't have the quarterback with a rocket launcher for an arm straight out of doom was the one with all the drops. Of course, I'm talking about... How's that rocket launcher from Doom? <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Chargers yesterday. I could understand if the Chiefs receivers couldn't hold on to balls that are moving faster than Usain Bolt on Coke or just balls faster than Tyreek Hill, who people are still slow That's on. That's not possible. Shaming for his past transgressions with domestic violence. But I'm sure those stories will hit the mainstream eventually if he keeps playing well. People in NFL circles have talked about it. Outside yeah. of the circles, yeah. it hasn't gotten a it lot of traction. It just seems a little inconsistent with how hard people have gone at other guys. But well, it depends. tucked I mean, away a little bit in Kansas City, I it guess, is. even and though guy, they've been good. And guys like, I mean, there's the guys like Rice, I mean, there's videotape of it. Sure. And that's when that blew up. If there was videotape of Tyreek Hill dragging his pregnant girlfriend down the stairs, trust me, somebody would have made a bigger deal out of it. Yeah, but what was going on with the Chargers receivers yesterday? <laughs> Looking like they had mercury for hands. They couldn't catch anything. They had more drops than we do. <laughs> we talked about them with Matt Money Smith about how they could have the best receiving core in the NFL this year. Uh, Travis Benjamin should have been fined a few Benjamins with all his hand clapping with no ball in between plays on Sunday. Sarah High School might have a better receiving core. They, at least they caught a lot of passes in their comeback win this weekend. My God, the Chargers, case of the drops. Mike Williams had that all big of drop in outside the end zone. Of, outside of Keenan Ke- Allen. Keenan Allen was balling. Outside of Keenan Allen, which is always the case, especially against Kansas City. Nobody else really, you know, picked up the slack. Melvin yeah. Gordon actually had some had a good game on the ground in receiving the ball, but yeah, and dro- it was just mistakes. I mean, the defense gave up a lot more than I thought they would. And Patrick Mahomes, his final stat line is not soup. I mean, the four touchdowns, two of those were shovel passes at the goal line. Not to take away credit for those him. are Tom Brady like touchdown passes. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. Oh, he gets a lot of those. <laughs> but I wouldn't go that far for. I mean, Tom Brady still has a more accomplished career. I don't want to chop down it. I, I didn't mean to compare him in that way. I'm just yeah. saying he gets shovel pass stat padding touchdowns like that. But just going back to Kansas City's win yesterday, had a couple of bombs though too, and looked pretty impressive at the. I mean, Tyreek kill 
bailed him out on one great jump ball. My God, that mm-hmm. was a hell of a catch on the t- uh, towards the left sideline. But Pat Mahomes looks like he might be a player, man. The you guy know? can throw the ball seventy yards yeah. off his back foot. And you know, we all we all knew he could. So could Jamarcus Russell. You know, but this guy's got some coaching. <laughs> this guy can do something. So, uh, and look, special teams killed the Chargers too. You know, you get sacked or you get knocked that back inside the ten yard line on two kickoffs. You fumble mm-hmm. away a punt. You know, they shot themselves they, in the foot. They a lot. missed a field goal late for good measure. Right. <laughs> I did see this stat: the Chiefs are nineteen and two in their last twenty one games in the AFC West. Against AFC West opponents, mm-hmm. that's dominating your division. That's how you stay consistently getting to the playoffs year in and year out. No doubt. So that was my biggest surprise. Well, I'll stay with that game, and uh, I'll uh, I'll call it uh, my old Troy. Oh, Troy, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Less about what happened on the field, and just more about just the Chargers organization as a whole, and looking at that game yesterday, and how much red was in the stands. And we talked about this last season. We know how much of an epidemic it was that the Chargers were playing a road game. Yeah. But it just makes it even worse that a team that's this that's this well put together, that has this kind of expectation, essentially has to play 16 road games every single week. And, and they have Matt Money Smith as the voice of the team. It's an injustice to the players on that field, to be honest with you, to have no – look, you need every advantage you can possibly get in this league. And having a home field where your crowd can get behind you and amp you up – every single week or in big situations on third downs, that's a big factor. And Philip Rivers should not be quieting the crowd down on third down because it's too loud for him to hear at his own home game. Yeah. like You got to go to Arrowhead enough. I mean, come on. Like Dean Spanos' greed is costing this team probably chances to be able to make the playoffs and be able to win games. It's an utter embarrassment that this is happening right now. Yeah. You play in a band box, and that band box is filled with people playing or playing or wearing different jerseys outside of your team. Now, it would help if they could get off to a good start to a season for once and not be marred by bad play by the special teams, like which seems to haunt them all the time. And even oh, in they this invent game, ways to lose. It felt like a microcosm of last season in some ways, where they got off to a slower start, they started to mount a comeback, but they came up short still. So yeah, I'm not absolving the players of responsibility. Obviously, you have to play on the field. I'm just saying it it's, just makes it tougher. It may, yes, what I'm saying it doesn't make it any easier when you're playing a quote unquote home game and. 10% of the crowd is actually cheering for you. Yeah. So I feel for like Rivers and Gordon and, and Gates and all these guys who, again, there's enough talent on this roster to be able to win. And I don't know if you believe win big. If you don't believe in karma or not, but it might be like their misfortune might be the bad karma falling down on Dean Spanos for the way he treated the city of San Diego and how things have worked out these first couple of years in Los Angeles. It's only week one. They could end up winning the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, in our Fox Sports radio pool, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Oh. So we'll see. I mean, who cares? I don't that stuff. You know, I Unbiased feel, how, I, fan. how I feel about predictions. It's whatever. <laughs> but based on talent, they're one of the most talented rosters in the entire league. They are. A lot of people pick them and the Rams to face off in the Super Bowl, an L.A. Super Bowl. Right. If they miss the playoffs, again, with all uh. of this talent, I think it's all karma. It up. It's all karma falling on the head of Dean Spanos. And I know where the home of the Chargers and KFI is and all that. Well, and, I, and I love Matt Money Smith. Drop mild. I don't care. They don't sign my paychecks. It's a disgrace. <laughs> sign these. Yeah. yeah. It's a disgrace with what, what, uh, what they've done. All right. Uh, I will go with another epic fail, O'Troy, here. You're a huge embarrassing failure. My epic fail, O'Troy, of the week goes to this, this prediction by our old friend, Eat That P, the biggest angriest and most foul-mouthed Eagles fan ever, which is saying something. Are you sure? (laughs) We just haven't got all of them viral yet. Yeah, here he was earlier last week, upset 
that a player released some information he shouldn't have about their QB situation and who was starting. This was earlier last week before they played on Thursday night. All right, my nigga. So Jordan Hicks is the stupid fucking bitch that decided to run his fucking mouth, shoot his fucking load, decided to fucking, you know, spill the goddamn beans and tell every motherfucking reporter that Nick Foles would be starting, will be starting, um, this Thursday versus the Atlanta Falcons. Thanks a lot, you stupid fucking bitch. Jordan Hicks, you injury-prone, dumbass motherfucker, you. Um, if we end up losing this game, in which in which we, in which I do believe we will lose this game, Wrong. Um, I feel every fucking Eagles fan in Lincoln Financial Field should go up to Jordan Hicks and sock him right in his motherfucking mouth. I mean, knock knock this motherfucker out and render this fucking dumbass bitch unfucking conscious Doug Peterson tr tried to not mention who the starting quarterback was going to be until the very last second, you know what I mean? Doug Peterson, your plan just went straight to fucking shit because you got a dumbass, ignorant, injury-prone fucking faggot named Jordan Hicks that just decided to run his fucking mouth. Close that motherfucker, you stupid fucking bitch! So thanks a lot, Jordan Hicks. You probably just cost us the fucking game, you fucking idiot. What would happen if uh, EDP ran into Jordan Hicks on a, you know, just walking down, you know, the block in Philadelphia? If he, if his uh, same sentiments would have come out that in that exact way <laughs> and tone if he ran into Jordan Hicks, he might be the one guy to do it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it has been fun. We've had Eat That Pee on the show consistently for years now. And, of course, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl last year and him freaking out. He so maybe to the game. are we positive karma for him and that franchise? Because we bring him, we feature him on the show, and his team has been successful. Yeah, or they were just due. I don't know. But uh, Yeah, we'll, <laughs> oh, take, we'll take credit. They were overdue. They had, <laughs> man, they won NFL championship back in 1962. Tony, nobody was born in 1962 except you. Yeah. Didn't nope. they lose to the Raiders in the Super Bowl? They did. Dick Vermeule. Nope. <laughs> did Herm Edwards have an interception return for a touchdown in that game? Uh, the great college football coach, Herm Edwards, hey, that everyone questioned. They just beat Michigan State. 2-0. I'm not going to call it Petros, but he was clowning Herm Edwards. Everybody was. It's Hard. not like, I don't know. There wasn't a single person, any punted. It was like, this is a phenomenal hire. Yeah. Not a single person. It's worked out. So, He's not just a CEO. All right. He's still a football coach. It's worked out so far. They're 2-1-0. <laughs> they beat Michigan State. Great. Let's pump the <laughs> brakes. That's a big win. All right. Yeah, Josh McDaniel was 6-2 and two with the Denver Broncos, okay? I think he started 6-0. and oh, so. Whatever it was. <laughs> let's pump the brakes on. He was pumping his fist on the field I after remember. they beat the Patriots. So let's pump the brakes. mentor. It's a phenomenal start. Yeah. I'm giving him that. But let's just slow down before we start annoying, you know, Hermet was the greatest head coach in Pac-10 history or Pac-12 history. Well, I was, I was going to mention that, but I sure, guess, I'm I, guess sure you I will are. pump the brakes. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, uh, what else do we have here? Moral defeat? I have a moral defeat. You lose. And that goes to Raiders and their fans watching Khalil Mack play on Sunday night. That's a good one. John Gruden was apparently trending on Twitter last night from what I read. Oh, I saw that. Gee, I wonder why. Um, now, Raider fans were collectively having convulsions when they saw Khalil Mack set records in the first half Forced fumble, recovered fumble, interception, first player, and a, and a couple of sacks, first player in the history of the sport to ever do that in one half of football. Some seller's remorse. Now, you can say there's maybe some ardent defenders of the trade who feel somewhat validated because, look, the Packers made adjustments in the second half. They double-teamed them. Right. If you want to say this is the way the Raiders want to build the team around the quarterback, 
Aaron Rodgers, who ended up making plays, the singular defensive player that was dominating, they, they found an adjustment, and they were able to tear to shreds the rest of the unit. You can say, see, Gruden wants to build a unit yeah. like the Packers had. They don't have a singularly great player. Clay Matthews was that. He's not the same player anymore. They just have a bunch of really good players on their team. They pay Aaron Rodgers a lot of money to be the franchise guy, and that's the mold he wants to build the team in. And that could be true. Now, I will say this, by the way. Khalil Mack actually got in Aaron Rodgers' face, got in his throwing lane, and if Kyle Fuller makes that interception, Khalil Mack is probably the hero of the game even still. Right. And the barometer shouldn't be if Khalil Mack with Chicago can't beat Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, then see, it just proves the point of the Raiders. No, no. it's Aaron freaking Rodgers, and he still was able to make a ton of amazing plays. But that Chicago defense did look fierce. Yeah, They rendered him useless a little bit in the second half because they got off some quick snaps, and they, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I even saw a Bay Area reporter tweet that last night. It's like, look, does this necessarily validate it? You know what I mean? Because you said you were hoping that Derek Carr turns into Aaron Rodgers. That's what makes that's what make the, that's what will make this thing validated. But uh, it hurts a little bit, and again, this thing won't bear itself out for four years, to be honest with you, before we can say who definitively won the trade, but it's a tough pill to swallow to watch Khalil Mack dominate the Packers in the first half of that game and knowing that you don't have him on your roster against the Rams on Monday night, which is probably going to end up being a pretty easy Rams win, if you ask me. <laughs> All right, my moral defeat goes to the Baltimore Ravens, who had a chance to put up a 50-burger on the Buffalo Bills and let it slip right through their fingers, patty and all. Let me get this straight. You score 40 points in the first three quarters. You can't get 10 in the last 15 minutes of the game. That is a choke job. And I forget what analysts said this, but Lamar Jackson, they said, was a year away from being a year away from playing quarterback in this league. Well, I'm a year away from believing he's even that close after what I saw from him in mop-up duty, emphasis on duty. He went one for four, had a QB rating of 52 against a Bills defense that made Joe Flacco look elite. And Josh Allen had a better quarterback rating than him. Nathan Peterman, though, uh, petered out in the first half, had two picks, had a quarterback rating of zero in that game it was actually worse than the game last year I think against the Chargers where he threw those five picks that QB rating was 17 yesterday's was zero I think those five picks were in the first half too by the way That's against the Chargers. To do. <laughs> I think it was five for 20 or something in the in the Baltimore loss yesterday that's tough, man. Even yeah. against what I think is a good Baltimore defense, that's hard. Yeah, Baltimore's good. Don't get me wrong. That was a lot of sarcasm. I was laying it on pretty thick there. But oh, Buffalo looks you really, you miserable. Don't, you don't say thinking they should have put up a 50-burger <laughs> when they put up 47. Hey, the Chargers <laughs> get the Bills next week, by the way. In Buffalo. They better pull off that win. Buffalo looks like a team that could win one or two games. Now, Josh Allen, and we ripped him to him pretty hard, and it's hard to gauge because he's playing, you know, it was garbage time, the epitome of cleanup time, but looked okay. You know, going in there, whether or not he starts, we don't know yet. McDermott didn't really confirm one way or the other whether he's going to start this upcoming week against the Chargers. So we'll see. But at this point, there's no way he can do any worse than Nathan Peterman has in the two, the couple of starts he's had between last season and then uh, and earlier in this season in uh, week one. I was kind of annoyed that they didn't just make him the starter outright if they're that close to benching Nate Peterman anyways. If he's could be benched after a half, you might as well just make Josh Allen the starter. You would think. <laughs> Oh, because that's the thing. Why would you throw him to the Wolves at that point when you're down that much? Yeah, let Wouldn't him that kill him even more? As the starter going right. into the week, if you're that close to uh, 
pulling back on uh, Nate Peterman. Or if you think it'll destroy his confidence, then don't even don't put him in the game at all. Just say, look, man, we're handling him with kid gloves. Don't even dress him. That's the best way to do it. Just make him the third quarterback until you can't even be tempted to put him in the game. I'd like to see Shady McCoy and what he could do under center for the Buffalo Bills couldn't hurt. right now. Just run Wildcat the entire game. It couldn't hurt. Why the hell not? You could do much worse. All right, so that's our NFL six-pack for week one. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with a little bit of geek news on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of gum. FNA, Cotton, FNA. Back on the FNA podcast, 949-478-1197 to leave us a voicemail. I have to check to see if we have any, but 949-478-1197. FNAPodcast.com, Amazon banner, click on it before you purchase anything from Amazon.com. You like cool t-shirts? So do we. RippedApparel.com, promo code FNA. 10% off anything that you purchase. Again, that's RippedApparel.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, by the way, or go to iHeartRadio.com to listen to the show. I'm at Follow Adam A. He's at KFIG1. We're at FNA Show on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook.com as well. It's Monday. We got geek news for you. Bill Nye, the science guy. Nerds. Nerds. Nerds! What is a nerd? Lone Gunman. We're playing D&D tonight. You want to come? Gangsters. What's up, guys? Deepman's World. Don't be jealous that I've been chatting online with Babe. All day. Just keep your power gloves off for a pal, huh? Race yourselves, gentlemen. Back when I was growing up in the late 80s and early 90s, arcades were still king. They were a safe haven, a sanctuary, where you could get away from your parents and school and escape into a world of quarters or tokens and lots of button mashing goodness and joystick play before uh, you even knew how to. Use your own joystick, you know what I mean? Holy <laughs> shnikey. Then inflation started kicking the ass of arcades, too. Remember, you can go in with, like, quarters. Games cost 25 cents to play. Mm-hmm. Can't find that anywhere now. Miss, I was at a bar when I was out in Vegas the other day. Yeah, maybe it's Vegas, so maybe the rules are different. Vegas. And there was a, pa- a Miss Pac-Man. It costs a dollar to play Pac-Man. Old school Pac-Man? This is like, this ain't no souped-up G Pac-Man with a bazooka blowing ghosts away like he's commando. No, <laughs> this is like just regular old school 1980 whatever Pac-Man. Yeah. Back in the early 90s or late 80s, you could go to a mall, a strip mall or a mini golf place or a pizza parlor and the arcade was magical and much oh, yeah. cheaper. And remember, there was a time where you couldn't get arcade graphics anywhere else, not right. on the original NES or Atari or Sega Master System or even the PC back then. So those big cabinets felt like they had technology that was impossible to replicate at least until the 16-bit systems came out, and they had a lot of arcade ports, of course. But arcades still had the four-player action, six-player options with the X-Men machine. Or Royal Rumble from us from uh, WWF, but I think you can play six players. Mm-hmm. Plus, there was pinball. Yep. I always thought the large images and cool artwork on the sides of the cabinets added to the experience, too. But oh, yeah, for sure. In recent years... Some sweet drawings, man. You talk about the barcades going on. They right. try to recapture the feeling we had as kids, assuming you also drank hard as a child. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Times are hard in, in Granite Bay for you, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Today we do have Dave & Buster's, too. That's yeah. kind of the new school arcade, but not enough retro games for me. No. And, uh, I love Whack-A-Mole, but it's like, where's my uh, where's my Simpsons game? Yeah, you need the Simpsons. You need the old X-Men, the old Ninja Turtles. Uh, what else am I thinking of from Konami that was pretty good well, back I bought in the day? WWF Royal Rumble. That was a fun one. Yeah. The old Jurassic, the first Jurassic Park game is, was the pretty solid. Yeah, the shooter. The Jeep. Where you sit in a little Jeep. <laughs> that was a good one. I did see this. The biggest arcade out there is in New Hampshire. 
Well, that makes sense. What the hell else is there to do? It's called Fun Spot with over 500 games. 500? Yeah, 500 Ooh. games. Do they sell alcohol there? <laughs> they probably do. All right. Now, want to make a road trip? Why not? Want to roll to the Northeast right quick? We'll do it road trip style with Tom Green. No. Uh, now, back to my favorite local arcade. Okay. That's called Nickel Mania. That was our old place in Old Roseville, and they had the older 80 games for just a nickel. The newer games were 10 cents or a quarter, which I remember Mortal Kombat being, because it just came a out quarter, back in like 91 a, or 92. Right. Uh, like MoviePass, though, that business model wasn't sustainable. Mm. Got crushed like candy, went bankrupt in a couple years. No. And as time went on, arcades just couldn't compete with the next generation of powerful home consoles and online gaming. But I've had a dream for so long that if I could bring home some of that old school arcade feel, some of that atmosphere, and we even have some ambient mm. arcade noise here, you'll remember some of these sounds. Now, there are emulators out there. You can do it that way. But I wanted an actual arcade cabinet for a game room, maybe with a pool table. But it's costly. The vintage game machines can run you about three grand. And they're used. They're $3,000? Yeah. And they take up a lot of space. Yeah. Plus, they have just one game on them unless you buy a main machine, which is a decent option. But so is this. The company's called Arcade 1-Up. And they have the perfect solution for home arcade systems at an affordable price. Perfect. That are still kind of a space saver thing. They look like your classic upright cabinets. Okay. But they're just three-fourths the scale of the standard arcade cabinet. So instead of six feet, they're about four feet high, which is good for sitting in chairs in front of. Or you can get a booster seat with it and raise it up so you can stand good. if you want. So it might be healthier if you stand. You also get authentic, high-quality joysticks, buttons, and trackballs. And they use a 17-inch screen. It's LCD. It's plenty big enough when you're that close. And they use the officially licensed original cabinet artwork. These things are going to look and feel exactly how you remember them, they say. But they've also made some improvements, starting with the price. They're just $299. And $2.99. Man, that's so cheap. I might, I might buy 1500 of these mugs. Okay, $299. Oh, that may, okay. But it's still a good deal well, when you compare impressive. it to $3,000, yeah. which is what the retro ones cost. And each cabinet comes with multiple games. There's six of them so far. The Asteroids-themed one also comes with Tempest. Major Havoc and Lunar Lander, the Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition 1. I'm sure one of the most popular. This comes with Super Street Fighter 2 mm. and Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Okay. The Rampage Cabinet, mm. which is three-player, just like the original, also has Gauntlet, Joust, and Defender. The Galaga Arcade 1 comes with Galaxin. Which I guess is maybe a sequel. I don't know. Galaxin? <laughs> yeah. The, I, I don't know what that game is. I remember Galaga. Uh, the Centipede one mm. comes with Crystal Castles, Missile Commander, and Millipede. And there's a Final Fight cabinet. Oh, I like Final Fight. Underrated game. Also has Ghost and Goblins. Good. Mm -hmm. 1944. Very good. Yeah. And Strider. Okay. And this isn't some like kickstarter thing where you have to find them online they're in major big box stores like target walmart best buy fries and even gamestop as long as you'll trade in your soul for some store credit oh, right <laughs> you may have to order them online currently because many of them have already sold out they've only been out for a couple weeks some of them are still on pre-order i don't think the final fight cabinet's out quite yet i'm jump all over that one but they're popular and you can attain them right now. And I just saw this a couple weeks ago and got pretty excited about it. Now, there is some assembly required. Oh, you lost me. 
I don't no, like I'm not lifting, very handy. I don't like lifted fingers and doing things. <laughs> you don't gotta be Bob Bila to screw <laughs> this thing together, okay? It but, looks pretty simple. There's a video on their website. To be Paul Timmerman from uh, Mad TV. He was like a Bob Bila, but he always screwed up. He always <laughs> he cut, cut off his hand. He would cut his fingers off and like slice <laughs> off his. You want to make oh, sure our- you put your hand this far away from the salt. <laughs> And just over-the-top Evil Dead 2-like blood yeah, spewing he would, out everywhere. Yeah, he, he would pass out and fall over the table. ArcadeOneUp.com is the website to go to if you want to check these things out. Nice. All right. So how many of these have you purchased already, Adam? I want to get at least three of them, but first I need to live somewhere else. <laughs> so <that's, laughs> I don't have yeah, enough room. Space could be a problem. <laughs> uh, 949-478-1197 is the number to leave us a voicemail. We do have a couple of voicemails to get to before we check out of here, so let's uh, take a listen. LMFAO, James, you trying to come at me? All right, bro, you, you, got, you got the next uh, phone call for uh, some analysis. Beat my ass, please. Please tell me every single player on PSV. I love to. Yeah, you got me that. I don't know what league they play. I ain't watching no damn Dutch league. I barely watch freaking Spanish league. I know I wish I could be offended by you saying Everton sucks, but I'm really not. So I was offended by his phone being underwater there. I guess he was going after James Stubbs because they're both trying to be our soccer analyst, I guess, now. Andre 3000 tried to be it, and then James called him out. Doesn't care about the Dutch league. All right, well, neither do I, I guess. (laughs) Well, most Uh, people don't care about any of it in America. I'll let let y'all have at it when it comes to that one, Andre. Good call, Andre. Way to go. Do we got one more? Was it good? All right, I'm not gonna call, I'm not gonna apologize God. like James did calling back to back, but I will never ever ever talk MLS, USA, all that fake soccer. James, I'll leave that to you. You can handle MLS. I'll handle La Liga and make you with my team, Bruce Azul, who's the first place right now with 20 points. So what? Ever don't we ever don't ever have me don't ever talk about no Clint Dempsey, no Landon Donovan, no Bobby Bradley or whatever the hell his name is or his daddy. All right. Feel me? All right, I'm pissed off. Bye. <laughs> Gotta have a little Richard Sherman in there. Don't you ever. Don't ever. Don't you ever talk about me. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Crabtree. Well, how All come right. we keep getting callers who have to call back again to justify know. their first call and I, clarify things? No idea. Just call once. Once is enough. <sighs> yeah, you ain't winning the money this week, Andre. We got one more to go before we check out. Thank God. You know what? Oh, F- my yeah, God. I'm first Andrew, now Andre. Are you kidding me? All right, Kevin. You better save your game up because you're my favorite now. F this guy. <laughs> Freaking calling me by a girl's name. I don't know any girl Adam name, so you're lucky you're off the hook. <laughs> I called him Andrea you, you called last him Andrea. week. Andrea, <laughs> yeah. Accidentally. Sure you did. Purely. Why are you mad at me, Adam? I wasn't mad at him. So there's three calls from, from Andre. Andre 3,000 Ways to Hate on this show. Wow. And they just kept getting worse and worse. Didn't they? Oh, God. <laughs> Less is more. Going after everybody. Quality over quantity. Yes. I'm pretty sure there's a way you can put that into one. I appreciate it being your favorite, Andre. Thank you. We'll see y'all on that last. Um, there's a way to condense all of that into one 45 second to a minute phone call, isn't there? Just don't call. Okay, or I'm that. sorry. I, I don't want to no. say that. I don't no, you already say said that. it now. 
It's already out there. It's already put out to the universe. That bell. You already said it out to the universe, Adam. It's over. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andre. For everything. He's really not. All you right. Know. We thank you guys for listening once again to another edition of the FNA podcast and NFL Six Pack. We're back in the mix doing this every single week. Uh, you got comments, you got questions, concerns, thoughts, opinions, whatever. Hit us up on Twitter at KFIG1, at Follow Adam A, at FNA Show. Or on the Talk S hotline. 949. Preferably one call. 478. Yeah. 1197. That's it. Preferably one call per week. One. One call to rule them all. Yeah. One call per person per week, if you could, please. And thank you. Uh, Again, RipTheParrel.com. FNA promo code to get 10% off of your order. Very cool t-shirts. Don't believe me. Go to the website. And you will. Uh, FNAPodcast.com. If you're, you can stream the show there. And while you're streaming the show, you can also click on our Amazon banner. Click on that banner. Shop to your heart's desire at Amazon. Again, at FNA Show is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll be back later this week. I think Thursday morning. Thursday afternoon. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But we'll, ha- we'll have another show. We know that for sure. Oh, that's happening. Yeah, so check your local Maybe listings. Maybe we'll even have a guest. Yeah, check your local listings. Maybe Petros. Hopefully. Third week in a row. No. It's kind of a big deal. We're on a streak. Maybe Matt Money Smith. We could be like Jim Rome and just have a, have a guy named Petros every single uh, every single week the for, as, for as long as we can. He had the Rexes on. Yeah. So the problem is Petros Papadakis is the only Petros I know. So When we had the Kennedys on, Lincoln Kennedy and then the skipper Kevin, Kevin Kennedy, Kennedy, a buddy of mine said, you got to keep the streak going. I was like, well, after Jamie Kennedy. Well, kid, I got Adam Kennedy, who I think is coaching uh, baseball somewhere out here, like all former Angels are. Kennedy uh, Kennedy Polamalu. I don't know what he's doing right now. He's with the Vikings, right? Is he the Vikings running back? I wasn't sure. No, he's a great running back coach. We could probably get to five. Yeah, we could probably make it. I mean, those aren't impossible gets, I wouldn't think. I mean, we can. I mean, the, are they worth getting, Noah? <laughs> I'd like to get Kennedy Polamalu would be from his old X show. Jamie Kennedy. Sp- I don't know what he's Scream. doing. Right. Oh, and from the uh, Malibu's Most Wanted, of course. Yeah. Um. So Jamie Kennedy, I can I can work Adam Kennedy because I'm an angel. I'm biased. I can do that. Former Angel fan. Um. The problem is beat after my that. Giants in 2002. Oh, they had it coming. After that, I don't know what other Kennedy we could possibly get. I don't know any other Kennedys, especially from the sports realm, that we can uh, that we can rope in. Yeah. That's tough. Maybe we can get multiple Matt Smiths on. That seems a little bit yeah, easier. Yeah, that'll be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, here's Matt Smith from uh, Pacoima, and he works at the uh, uh, works at the uh, pick and save, if those even still exist. Yeah, AK's hardware. Oh, good. All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Thanks for listening. This has been another edition of the FNA Podcast. And you know this, man. <laughs> <laughs>